Tennessee, the Boy. volunteer state. Make sure you go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for that newsletter. You need to sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. And of course, we have a podcast, which many of you are listening to right now, mm-hmm. and you found it at iTunes or SoundCloud, Music Biz, Ampersand, 101. No, Music Biz 101, <laughs> Ampersand, more. Music Biz 101 and more. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp. Who are you? I am Stephen Marconi. Dr. Esteban. Yes. And so as you listen, you'll hear a student. You're going to hear a great, great person. But this was a summer class because of William Patterson University. So we want to thank Ashley Weltner, who's been our engineer for all of our radio shows over the past year. And she hooked us up with this tremendous technique of recording that we're doing right now. And we should give thanks. So we put our uh, hands together, legs together, eyes closed, heads down. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno, Inc., and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kith. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB CPA.com when you are ready. And we should all give thanks to Christine Vey. Oi, a wealth manager and the president of <laughs> Oi Vey Management. <laughs> Oi Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson University to manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have any questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, 732. 732. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You can also email her, Christine at Oi. They Wealth. Dot com. And take the last oi off for savings. That's right. Many shout-outs to many different people, but don't forget managing your band's sixth edition. By the time you hear this, it has been out for a year, but like fine wine, it's aging beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's a book. It's in color. It's got glossy pages. And only a few mistakes. Very few mistakes. <laughs> so you're going to love it. And always contact, contact us. Again, go to musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can find everything out. Again, big thanks to the Music Biz Association for having us here. Yes. And now on to La Interview. Mm. Here are Music Biz 101 and more Brave New Radio. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp, along with your doctor, yes. Esteban Marcone. Okay. Call him Esteban. <laughs> That's all, all the answers to. And we are here with Faith Boonstra. Hello. Who is our Dutch intern. No, she's a student here. We're in Nashville, Tennessee, the Music oh. Biz Convention. And Faith was great enough to bring in two amazing guests. We're saying amazing in advance. They might be horrible. Yeah. But at the moment, <laughs> we're, we're going to assume well, no. that they're good. Yeah. It's uh, under promise over deliver. Let's, let's see how that goes. But Faith, introduce our guests to us. Right. We have... Roy Lamana, he is CEO and co-founder of Vidia, 
yep. and we also have Jenna Gaudio, who is the VP of VP product. Of product. <laughs> All right. I guess, where should we start? I think, I guess, should we start, it's like, just give a little bit of overview, overview about video. You have a booth downstairs yeah. um, for the entire conference. And yeah, so so a lot of what we're doing is like is, is distribution uh, for creators specifically focusing on uh, music as a vertical. Um, you know, we feel like the music industry just uh, along with just the social media uh, landscape is kind of moving towards video. So we take a very much like a video first approach to like distribution of content. And, you know, it's our view that you know, musicians are, are just overall creators and they express themselves in a variety of different ways um, in 2018. And, and one of those is music. But the other way is that like, you know, you look at the biggest influencers on Instagram and on social media in general and, and they're musicians. I mean, they're, they're getting people's attention in an ocean of uh, noise, you know, and uh, and that's a, that's a very difficult thing to do. So we really kind of look at how the modern musician is uh, monetizing their influence to then help them do that in a more efficient way by providing a platform as a service. Mm -hmm. I've practiced that a couple of times. <laughs> when you, when you, yeah. you mentioned vertical, yeah. so ex explain that, that uh, under what people, what do you mean when you're saying? Yeah, I mean, so, so I mean, when, when we, like, you could say that we work in music, but we, we kind of take it one level higher and we just say like, you know, uh, that, that we talk about artists as being creators, right? And, and, and when I talk about the music vertical, it's just, it's just one category in which these creators express themselves. And so, you know, you might say, okay, like uh, we might go after like comedy or acting or music or whatever. So you look at someone um, like, uh, like Childish Gambino, who's like, you know, immensely popular because of his video. And he, you know, he's a, he is a comedian. He is a television actor. He is a film actor. He's a musician. And so we look at those people who are like the quintessential uh, artist uh, and say that like, you know, we, we want to support them in, in, in their different verticals and, and how they choose to express themselves and, and monetize that, um, you know, that influence. Okay. And you were also like explaining um, downstairs, it's like with the video content, you have the option to like say, block this, like monetize this. And it's like, was that, like supposed to fix something or does it kind of have like both ends of like having problems and solutions as well well yeah i mean when, when you're when you're uh creating content you know the 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 internet levels all playing fields but it puts a lot of uh, responsibility on the shoulders of an artist and or a manager that you know previously wasn't on their shoulders right so like you know 20 years ago you were an artist you had a manager you had a lawyer and you were could be an artist. You get up on stage, you play guitar, you sing, and that's it. You know, you don't have to worry about rights management or you know who's taking your IP and re-uploading and or impersonating you or you know or you know using your content on different social media channels. Uh, and like I said, so as the internet kind of leveled all playing fields, you got the good and the bad. And so you know the good aspect of it is that you could do things and you could be direct to consumer and you could do uh, almost anything without a label. Uh, the bad thing is that, you know, you also have, like I said, the, the responsibility that comes along with it, which is, you know, maintaining your rights, monetizing those licenses um, and those third party uploads and, and really, uh, you know, monetizing what you can monetize and taking down what, you know, you have to take down. Um, and so we just look at our service as like, uh, being again, as a, as a platform, as a service to really help them and give them the tools 
uh, to allow them to focus on being a creative as much as possible and, and taking the other stuff that takes you out of that creative process and streamlining and making it like extremely efficient. So you don't have to say, hey, like these 20 people have are re-uploading my video on YouTube and they're taking away my views or they're taking away my money. So I'm going to send them emails or I'm going to ask them to take it down. You know, even if that took you an hour, that's an hour you're away from the creative process. So why not? You know, take that aspect of your day and streamline and wrap it up into like something that's that's really easy to handle and could be on your phone. That is definitely very useful. And I know you said music is one of the primary focus, but it's like it can go across like everything else as well. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, it includes any, any any way. Like musicians aren't just musicians now; they're they're influencers. They're people want to see them. You know, it's, it's, it, music is very visual. I mean, even uh, hip hop. You know, which is the leading genre within the streaming music space is, is, is that way because it's such a it's, it's such a visual genre. You know, it's a lifestyle, it's a cultural genre that people want to see these people uh, see their lifestyle, get a window into their everyday life. And so, you know, again, that that's that's expressed through Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and that has nothing, you know, most of the time that has nothing to do with music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me drill it down, make it simple. So because it feels very abstract to me. Mm -hmm. So it's an app. So I'm an artist. I, I download your app to my phone, correct? Yeah. So far. Um, I upload my videos to YouTube. And then what? You all feel that? I, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure so then we, what I'm we doing. We started as a web application and last right. year we, we launched a video mobile because it's convenient. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can manage everything on the go. Sure. But uh, we have social sync technology that we built from our tech team. And every time you connect any one of your destinations, your social networks, uh, wherever you're publishing your content, which is constantly expanding, mm -hmm. uh, the technology we built can talk to the different platforms. And as soon as you have new content that you've posted on, say, Facebook, our technology will recognize it, pull it in, and it'll give you a push notification and say, I recognize this content's on Facebook and it's left vulnerable. Tap to protect. And then you tap it and then it'll open it up and just like we were talking about with monetizing and blocking, you can set up your protection policies on the spot. The mm. hot conversation at this uh, conference has been, you know, publishing content across all platforms and how to go viral. But the bigger question is like that anybody can go viral. And as a musician, you have your official music video, which you anticipate to be your moneymaker. But the truth is content is a brand. Content is personality. And anything that you do these days um, could go viral. And you don't want to do that after the fact. Uh, you want to make sure you're set up beforehand. And this kind of solves that problem with this forward thinking, um, this business mindset that maybe creators aren't focused on because they really should be focusing on the music. But you want to make sure you're set up first. Mm -hmm. So is it easy for them to use? Yeah, I mean, and we make it easier. That's why we, we go to conferences like this. We get their feedback, walk right. them through the process, figure out what their pain points are. You know, Roy has like 15, 20 years in the industry. So mm -hmm. he's been in the trenches. He understands where they're coming from. And I think that's a big part of why we can build a product that really works for them, that they understand because we have somebody that is, can empathize uh, where they're at and can see where the industry is going. Mm -hmm. You know, video mm -hmm. has exploded the past couple of years, but there was a time where people were saying, you know, video and digital isn't exactly going to save us, but now it, you need it in order to survive. You know, and he anticipated this and that's why our product is, is that much like slightly ahead of the curve so that people can use it and figure it out as, you know, the industry continues to innovate. Mm -hmm. I mean, you said that he anticipated it. It's like, what really was the tipping point to really start all this? Um, I mean, it, it wasn't like, so the, the thing about it is that when you take, if you took a snapshot of like our current application, 
the, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't like, uh, you know, five years ago when we started, like I, that it was that I had really any sort of like, I mean, I had I had a, a, an anticipation that things just the technology overall was moving towards video, but uh, how the platform was going to be like, I had kind of a vague vision of what I want to do. Um, and then quite honestly, it's just it's just, const- you know, it just is, is evolving over the years. And so like one of the things that, you know, we're adamant about is not really necessarily falling in love with our ideas like you know something that's a really really good idea right now could be like a you know could not work a year from now i mean that's how mm-hmm. fast technology and, and the industry is changing and so sometimes you might think that something is like great and it's going to totally work and you bring it out and no one uses it or wants it and you have to be able to say okay well i had a, you know i had a bad idea or we had a bad idea uh how do we you know how do we change this how do, how do we how do we evolve into into something that like people are gonna are, are gonna use and so um, that's really how you know. I look at things just kind of slowly. If you move, if you kind of run too fast in a, in, a, in a direction, people talk about pivots, which is essentially when you run too far in a, in a direction, uh, you make a mistake uh, on what you believe uh, how people are going to use your product or use your technology, and then you you turn around and you back up. Um, you know, we've like I said, constantly iterated, listened to um, our uh, our users, our artists, uh, our community, gotten feedback from them, and, and then con- and then created a, you know, a feedback loop um, to really move in the right direction of what we feel like people would want and use. So there's a company in LA called Create Music Group. Yeah. And they, have you guys yeah. heard? Oh, okay. <laughs> just kidding, Cause, just kidding. Uh, yeah, because uh, Steve actually uh, pointed them out to me about three weeks ago because there was a write-up about them in Billboard. Yeah. And basically um, they were saying that Content ID, which is yeah. the system that YouTube and Google created that apparently doesn't work that great, that's supposed to flag all these um, other versions of a song that you may own and Mm -hmm. put up, but they're not catching all of this, and so artists are losing lots of money. Um, And this system is supposed to find all those things and bring the money back in to the artists. Mm -hmm. Is that similar to what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. You guys were here first? No, it it is. uh, It's similar. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot more kind of under the hood of of an article, you know, like that. I mean... Uh, and you know, a lot of it isn't, uh, you know, I guess properly explained in that article or, you know, or it's not that it's properly explained. It's just the article would have to be like, you know, 800 pages to really get into like the, the nuances of, of how these like fingerprinting systems work and the problem with like music rights. I mean, most of it quite honestly comes down to like, um, in the case that they were talking about in, in those articles is that like, um, the music creation process is like complete on a completely different like playing field than like how content is released through the normal um, kind of path dependent uh, channels, right? And so what I mean by that is that like so artists right now, if you're like a hip hop artist, like I'll give you an example. There was an artist that like hit us up that was on our platform, went on to a major label, um, and is constantly like you know and and found themselves in, in what they feel like is, is a is a frustrating position and the reason why is because a lot of you know the industry is still working on like album cycles and 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 you know and radio and stuff like this where you know previous you know prior to that when they were you know working kind of through us and, and pushing out content they were pushing out content whenever they felt like it you know so they, they would mm-hmm. make a song they felt like making a video they would make a video and then if they felt like making another song they'd make a song then they would go into their friend's studio they re- they'd make a song and they say this is dope let's just release it today why not sure and then they release it well, you don't do that you can't do that on a label right mm-hmm. I mean a label mm-hmm. it's like alright let's get the lawyers together let's figure out the splits let's figure out who whatever and so you know the problem is that like you know so on the one 
one side if I were arguing on behalf of the artist you know the artist would say that the label process uh, interrupts the create you know the creative you know their creative process meaning that I want to create I want to I'm a creator I create content all the time I want to release it all the time you know you could you don't have this book studio time you could you could record uh, an, an amazing album in in a hotel room you know mm-hmm. it's like you don't you know we're, we're in, a, in a van like it, it it's not restrictive you can make a video on an iPhone I mean and put it out there so you know so so your creative process is not limited by the technology anymore if you argue from you know the label side they say well you know things need to be organized you know you, you're releasing stuff and you don't even know you know who wrote it and who owns it and and what are your splits among the songwriters and and mm-hmm. you know and we need to properly promote it and, and you know and we get into like frequency distribution of where like content released too closely together steps on each other's toes um and so th- there's a little bit of like kind of you know the artists and and the, you know the the label kind of pulling in opposite directions and you know it's our our vision uh, and so that that's where you get like a lot of those problems when you talk about like unclaimed royalties and stuff like that, right? Me, mm-hmm. you get into a studio or whatever. Three of us come to the studio. Another guy walks in, gives a hand clap, goes, "All right, see you guys, you know, later." And you go, well, "You know, how much is he getting?" You know, and, <laughs> and so uh, and uh, and you know that stuff isn't you know figured out. And then you know what happens is that like you know you get three guys claiming thirty three point three four percent on a you know on a composition, and it gets held up in in escrow on YouTube, you know, and you get you get someone has to dive in there and clean it up. So it's a little like. So at the bottom level, in the smaller companies, it's a little like a guerrilla warfare. At the top level, it's a little harder for them to kind of be nimble and kind of run around and just claim stuff haphazardly and kind of, you know, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So so there is a little bit of that going on. And, and our vision is, is that, like, what we're trying to do is say, like, I think, I think you know, we're trying to look at the process that the artist goes through and, I mean, really, you know, just kind of build out a technology that doesn't really change how they approach creating music and how they and how they approach releasing and like distributing their art you know and i think that that's a good approach and that allows us to be competitive and offer something different than like going to like you know uh you know a major organization which you know which makes sense for you know for one percent of the artists you know there's 99 percent of the artists who aren't justin bieber who aren't ariana grande who can make legitimate careers in the music industry that we could you know that we could super serve uh, and for video, you know, a lot of it is like that'll make a lot of things just like so much easier for artists. And it's like, does it even uh, like pop up? It's like when they say it's like, hey, there's like an alert about this video, and it's like help yeah. artists really claim everything. You want to handle? about like right sync like, yeah so like I, I mean the biggest thing I, you, you hear them talking about it on these panels they brought up like the yodeling kid at Walmart right. um, I guarantee that, that that kid didn't have his content protected right when it went viral I mean he's been doing that since he was like two or three and he's right. now what four or five you know mm. so you never really know what, what content's going to go viral so to have that uh, reminder that this is something you need to take care of now is important um, we're, we're also having a panel um, on Thursday, uh, we'll be sitting down with uh, Salento, who had a song, you know, Watch Me Whip, and it went absolutely bananas on the internet when everyone started doing a dance to it. You know, it just had mm-hmm. a, a beat that people related to and wanted to, you know, move to and, and upload their videos, and it went completely viral. And they're going to talk about, you know, what you need to do to make sure you're protected because there's so many different, you know, situations that you can find yourself in if you don't really understand what opportunity there is there. Mm-hmm. And that's what video is really doing is it's saying there's an opportunity out there. You know it. We know we know it. So let, let's set you up. You know, we just build features by talking to the artist to figure out what they 
our, what their pain points are and, and you know how we solve them you know as they continue to grow their career from the entry point from that first song that they do the first music video they do all the way towards trending up to you know a prominent artist and how can we support them along the way all right so uh if an artist then uh submits his information and so on mm -hmm. is there any way of verifying i mean the artist may think he owns 100 percent, and he yeah really doesn't yeah uh, we've come across that <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, so one of the, one of the things that we have is, yeah, we have this this thing called uh, well, well, social sync and rights sync. So, if the artist posts something on YouTube, they just post it up normally. They'll get actually get a push notification and say like, assert your rights. What do you own? And I'll go. Th it'll actually walk you through like a wizard based thing. You know, mm -hmm. they'll say the visuals. You know, what do you own? What territories? The sound recording. What do you own? It'll, it'll explain the whole thing. Composition. What do you own? What percentages? And then it'll claim your portion on, on there, right? Uh, and that protects you if the song goes viral. So any instance of where someone says that you know they own 100% of it, you know, generally speaking, there's you know there, there's kind of like uh, you know canaries in a coal mine, so to speak. I mean, you know, the YouTube content ID system is pretty robust. I mean, there, there is integration with you know with products. They have like Grace Note and and like Shazam and stuff like that mm -hmm. that could kind of you know that could that could pick up on stuff. Content ID has built in. Uh, which the YouTube system has a built-in like melody match and so like that they'll also like fingerprint it um, you know we also uh, all those claims are, are manually reviewed and we have a prior you know a prioritization process and then also we have a vetting process of kind of like a know your client kind of thing so you know by you by the nature of coming onto the platform and hooking up your socials as part of um, you know, as as part of like uh, the process of delivering the content, actually, you know, somewhat, you know, it verifies who you are, right? It says, mm -hmm. okay, well, if you're coming in and you're connecting like your YouTube, your Facebook, your Instagram, and you have like, you know, uh, 200,000 followers or whatever, we know that like, all right, well, we know who you are and we know that you're just not going to like disappear because you, you know, so like, you know, we have, you know, we have two lawyers on staff and then we have uh, some ad, you know, like four or five admins that are, uh, right, you know, YouTube right certified that that vet out and 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 kind of you know will actually like push things out uh, and and verify like the ownership of the content. So mm -hmm. Most mm -hmm. of the time, it's like it's not like nefarious. It's just like it's it's a it's a fundamental yeah. misunderstanding yeah. about like I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah. I yeah. Saying yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> so you, you, get, you get you get some of the other guys too. So yeah, you, know, you, you, you get a mix of every, you know yeah. everything. Yeah. So, so it's a startup company based in yeah. Freehold, New Jersey. Uh, so no, we're based in uh, in well, we have an office in Homedale and one Home in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. How many people work for the company? Uh, I don't know. We hire people every day. Yeah, uh, we are. We're constantly scaling. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. we just went Fifty-five or sixty. Yeah, something really? like that. Yeah. Every because we have a Monday morning meeting where we where we, uh, we we have breakfast and then all the departments go through it. Then we also introduce a new employee. So every week we're introducing at least one or every two employees. Every single Monday so, yeah. we have new people for so, every Depending on when this airs, somewhere between 55 and 60. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like who, how many like departments do you keep filling? It's just uh, yeah. I mean, most of we have, we have uh, what five or six departments, and then everyone else is kind of like you know funnel, funnels up through there. So, so the the revenue is coming from people who are like, if I want to put your, I'm buying the app. Is that no, the, it's a free app. It's you, a free app. So where's the yeah. revenue so coming from? You're getting a yeah. yeah. So we are launching video plans. So we were asking um, you know artists, how do you save your content? You know, what do you do with it? You publish across Instagram, Stories, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, mm -hmm. all this stuff, and you're making this content, which is part of 
your brand as a creator, what do you do with it? And a lot of people are saying, oh, I save it to Dropbox or Google Drive. Sometimes I forget or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And they're not really having like a, a singular source of truth for like what their, where their content is and how it's managed, um, which is important because you want to like reuse archive content, especially as your career grows, that becomes like a valuable asset to have. Sure. Um, so that's what our social sync technology does is it allows you to stream everything um, right to one place, which is inside the video app. And we automatically sort it into folders. So you can sync all your content from Facebook to one folder, YouTube to another, mm -hmm. Instagram to another, and so forth. And inside each video asset, you can see all of the metadata associated with it, which is automatically pulled mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. You can see, you know, if you're monetizing it, the earnings that it's acquiring, you can see the claims that are on it if other people are, are reposting it. Um, and most importantly, you can manage, you know, your, your projection policies on it. And if you post it on, on Facebook, you know, you don't have to just manage what your rights, rights policy is on Facebook. You can manage it for every single platform. Yeah. Because in several instances, just because you upload something to, say, Instagram stories doesn't mean that somebody's up, not going to be opportunistic and, and rip that content and then re-upload it on yeah, YouTube, especially right. if you find some traction because that's where these influences, influencers are, are popping up is on Instagram stories where they're just mm -hmm. talking and uh, people are taking their content and claiming it, you know, saying I, I own this content when they don't yeah. because maybe this person is, is a newer artist and haven't learned how to properly protect everything and mm -hmm. they didn't ever think that their Instagram story would end up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But you set that protection policy and now you don't have that problem. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the way that we make money from is is uh, when you're backing up the content, uh, it's like a Dropbox for video. So so when you're posting all that Instagram content, the Facebook content, where so like if you do an Instagram story, it disappears after 24 hours. With our service, it actually uh, through a, a proper uh, OAuth, which is the you know the the um, you know the authorization for Instagram, it actually will will save the video and then back it up and then we give like a certain amount of storage that is free and then above that like you, you pay for storage to back up and archive you know that content the same way you do with like apple cloud like you know when you're mm -hmm. taking pictures with your phone mm -hmm. and you used to hit that oh you run out of room i don't have that problem anymore i pay apple cloud to give me enough storage so that i can take as many photos and videos as i want mm -hmm. you know, video works the same way i just pay a, you know a storage annual fee and i can sync all of my videos to one place and know exactly where they are with all their content and then you can you can just tear up as you as you grow your you know your content uh, your content base. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the revenue comes from the storage. Well, yeah, that's what we're rolling. Okay. We're rolling out um, next week our video plan, so you can you can figure out what storage will work for you. And uh, there's that tier. And then if you if you're monetizing, that's you know another service that we offer as well. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. <clears throat> now, did you get backing to to start this company? Uh, yeah, so well, I originally uh, I, I built the MVP myself. Um, just kind of taught myself how to build a, like a WordPress site, and mm -hmm. it, it was like fairly, fairly. It was like kind of it just offered like one level of service of delivering video content uh, to like MTV and like video networks was like the first iteration of it. Um, and then that that I was fortunate enough to to make uh, within a year make you know a good amount of money through that. And then I was just like, all right, well, I think I, I think I could expand upon this. So I took that money that I saved and, and went to some people and just said, Hey, you know, I built this out, but like, it was, it was like, I, I, the way I liked it, it was like, it was like driving like a Hyundai 200 miles an hour, right? It just was not built for scale. And so, um, and so I was like, I just, I just want to redo everything. I learned a lot because originally, you know, the, the idea is when you do a startup, like, you know, you, you watch like Shark Tank or something like that and you go, okay, I'm going to get an idea and you go to like pitch it. They're going to give me money. I'm going to do it. And then, right. and then I, yeah, then I went around right. and everyone's like, no. And I was like, wait, what? You know, like, right. okay. So then I was like, okay, 
let me try and build it and then I, you know until funding comes in and then i started building it building and building it uh turns out like you know at the end of that process i was like wow so if i had if i actually got money day one or someone said yes it, I, I, the whole business probably would have tanked in like you know mm. in like six months because yeah. i would have had too much money I, I didn't have to think about i wouldn't have had to think about my moves and so by like by bootstrapping the, the, you know that year I, I learned so much of the process i learned so much about how to build technology how things work how to structure you know uh, you know the company the corporation um, you know how to build a team, and then uh, and then at the end of that year, you know I went over and I and I and I sat down with some people and I, and and I was like, hey, you know this site it made like five hundred grand in, in a year, you know at like ninety percent margin. So I was like, oh, like, so I was like, but listen, I, I could, you know, I could, I think it could be bigger. I think we could do whatever. And I was like, you know, give me money and I want to rebrand it and you know, kind of move it out uh, and, and do X, Y, and Z with it. Then they're like, no. And I was like, oh, oh sorry. So I was like, uh, so I was, uh, so I was like. Uh, so I was like, okay, uh, all right, well, have it. I will match you dollar for dollar if you give it. And they said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. So, so I, I put in, uh, so you know, I, I put in a hundred grand. They put in, uh, you know, three people put a hundred grand each, and then I had four hundred grand to, to then, uh, you know, start the, uh, uh, you know, to start the company. And 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 I told them, I said, listen, you know, you give me the money, and in six months I'll do X, Y, and Z. And then uh, I I under promise, over delivered. Six months later, I came back to them and said, I did, you know, I delivered it on time, under budget. Uh, and by that time we were making like, you know, I think we, we were making like 70 grand a month. So we had some revenues, mm. uh, and some early traction. And then I'll, and then I was like, can you give me more money? And I will get us <laughs> to this new milestone. And then they gave me more money, got to that new milestone third time around, you know, I just kept hitting my goals, um, and keep them updated the whole time. You know, we're still really good at that. Jenna does, you know, does a lot of that now overseas, making sure all the investors are updated. You know, they get newsletters from us, uh, and kind of someone early on told me they said if uh, if things are gonna go bad they you, you don't want your you know them to find out uh, like to hear from you like once it goes bad like let keep them part of the process so they know like you know, mm -hmm. they, they know everything and so that was really good advice and so I, I just kind of kept everyone updated that was really good because I, I just kept going back to the same people to, and they kept giving me more money to kind of build out the company and then uh, and that was up until like maybe like a year and a half ago when we when we had to do like our first VC funding. So I had to kind of move outside of our angel network and then do the whole you know pitching of like the VC yeah, funds. Yeah, and that's sure. a that's a whole nother animal, you know, doing that stuff. That that could be like a full time job right. by itself. That could be a full time show. Yeah, <laughs> we, because we need to wrap yeah, we up. Wrap because it up yeah. We've hit the time. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we want to thank Roy and we want to thank Jenna Very for being here and doing this. Roy and Jenna. Thank you. Yes. So go to vidia.com, V-Y-D-I-A.com, and people can check out and see all this information and see what it's all about. And uh, a lot of information about you guys and, yeah. and how it works. And they can download the app for free. Why not? Right. Why should they not? Well, they're here, yeah. That's right, <laughs> yeah. So. And Faith Boonstra, thank you very much, Faith, for wow. doing what you did. Dr. Esteban Marconi, you brought your B-plus game to this yes, interview. Yes, as usual. Yes, <laughs> that's right, right. And uh, I'm your professor, David Kirk Philpott. So at the end of every show, we do not say hello, because it's the end of the show. Say hello at the end of the show would be silly, because we're going away. So instead, you know what we say? Okay. It's a three-syllable word. It's adios! Uh. <laughs>
Hey Dave, what do Paul Sinclair from Atlantic, Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, Rosie Lopez from Tommy Boy, and Heather Ellis from Pandora all have in common? They're all big wigs in the music and entertainment industry, Esteban. And they all hate warm beer. And they've all been guests on the Music Biz 101 and More radio show at 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Bingo! If you want to learn more about the music and entertainment biz, tweet in a question and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to Music, music Biz 101 and More on Brave New Radio. radio.